Hello, my name is John Lees and I come from Glasgow, Scotland. I've always had an interest in urban myths and creepy stories, particularly when they revolve around my local history here in Glasgow. In the promotion of my comic book, Sync, I've talked quite a lot lately about an urban legend that I can remember quite vividly from my childhood back in the early 90s. This story revolved around a group of clowns which supposedly travelled around in a blue transit van around Glasgow and the surrounding areas. And these clowns would supposedly hunt down children and snatch them into the van where they would be killed or eaten or turned into clowns depending on who you asked. Now I could talk a whole lot about this and its impact on me and the origins of the story and I have done already. If you want to hear more about that you can head over to my newsletter at sync.comicstribe.com but I'm not going to talk about that today. What I'm actually going to talk about is an older story which had a much bigger cultural impact and came back around 1954, before I was born, by many decades. And this was the story of the child vampire hunters of the southern necropolis. The Southern Necropolis is a large, well-known cemetery in the Gorbals area of Glasgow. It was established back in 1840 and the idea behind it was that it would be a cemetery accessible to the working class in a way which other cemeteries in the region hadn't been before. If you go on the website today, the tagline reads Southern Necropolis, the Gorbals City of the Dead. Now, our story begins back in 23rd of September 1954. That evening, local police were called to the necropolis because of a suspected disturbance. Now, this in itself wasn't unusual. It was known that local kids would often go to the cemetery and cause trouble, messing around or vandalising the gravestones. So, police went maybe expecting something like this, but what they got was something else entirely. What they found was a crowd of children patrolling the necropolis. Now this wasn't just a small group, this was hundreds of children, ages ranging from 4 to 14, and they all had the same story, shared with utter conviction. They were hunting vampires. See, two missing local boys had been murdered and eaten by a vampire, according to these kids, and all the kids described the Gorbo's vampire, as it came to be known, in the same way. They said he was seven foot tall and he had a mouth full of rusty iron teeth. Now, looking at it from a mythological perspective, this seems like a vampire which was well fitted to industrial era Glasgow. If you look at the southern necropolis, particularly if you look back at the time in the 1950s, the old steelworks at Dixon Blazes loomed over the southern necropolis. And all hours through the night, billowing smoke, red lights and ominous groaning sounds, all part of the landscape and would be filtered into the children's consciousness, melding with the experience of that gravesite, which would obviously make it a lot more of an intimidating, ominous place. These kids showed up in the necropolis that night armed to fight. They had makeshift stakes, they had knives, some of them brought their dogs with them. But there was a sense of palpable terror. The necropolis is like a maze. All its sorts of strange, lost corners, hidden angles, and lots of crypts, lots of hiding places. And there was this overwhelming sense that in this place, a vampire could be lurking in any dark corner, waiting to snatch them. So there was a growing sense of panic that the authorities had to address. The police could not disperse this crowd. The kids absolutely believed the vampire was out there. 
But eventually, as dawn approached, the children began to leave for home and the police thought this was a strange incident but one which had been resolved in some fashion was over with. But that wasn't the case. See, the next day, they were all back again, continuing their vigil, and they were back again the day after that. It almost seems like there was a battle of wills going on between the children and the Gorbals vampire. If they kept their watch, perhaps the vampire would not leave the necropolis to feed again, I don't know. But the vast crowd of young vampire hunters did return that third night, and no threat of punishment or appeal to reason could stop them. They were utterly convinced something was out there and only they could stop it. However, after three days, the crowd did disperse and the hysteria was over as suddenly as it began. Why? I don't know. Had the children grown bored after three days of nothing? Or maybe they'd found the vampire and slayed it, heading home with their mission complete. But, as it turns out, the real hysteria would come afterwards. One of my other great interests is comics and comic history, and that unexpectedly weaved into this story. See, after this strange event, this pilgrimage of local children to the southern necropolis and the hysteria that surrounded it, there was a lot of interest in this story, it was reported worldwide, and authorities began looking for something to blame for the fear that had gripped their children. And American comics, particularly EC comics like Tales of the Crypt or Vault of Terror, were easy scapegoats. A moral panic about the corruption of young minds gripped Glasgow and soon spread to the whole of the UK. Gorbals politician Alice Cullen spearheaded a campaign which led all the way to Parliament and the end result was the 1955 Children and Young Persons Harmful Publications Act. This was similar to America's Comic Code Authority and it banned the distribution of violent or scary comics. It's an act that stands to this day, albeit more relaxed in modern years. But here's the thing, something which in the midst of all the moral panic and moral indignation and outrage was kind of lost to the, all these concerned parents and politicians and opportunists. There was no American comic in that era that had a vampire with iron teeth. So where did the Gorbo's vampire come from? It could have its origins in an old folk poem from Scotland called Jenny with the Iron Teeth. This was an old poem which goes back long before um, 1954 even. And it's a story about a vampiric ghoul with iron teeth who would snatch away children who wouldn't sleep out of their beds in the middle of the night and take them back to her lair. Later, more near the era we're talking about, parents told tales of the Iron Man who supposedly haunted the necropolis to keep kids away. And this goes back to the stories about vandalism and troublemaking in the cemetery. I imagine it was convenient for parents to come up with some vague bogeyman to scare their kids away from going there. But the Gorbals vampire seems a bit like a combination of these two different ghost stories. But it's a creation that seems to have been generated entirely by the children themselves. So you have the Iron Teeth vampire aspect of Jenny and you have the prowling in the necropolis aspect of the Iron Man. So you can see how somehow the origins and influences are there to kind of create a new thing, but it is strange that the kids all kind of came together to have this very specific vision in their head. So how did it start? Were those kids aware of something that the adults weren't? I guess we'll never know for sure. But one vampire hunter of that time, Ronnie Sanderson, remained convinced of the Gorbo's vampire's presence, even as an old man. I was there, he said in an interview. I was in the graveyard when I was eight years old. I've been telling my wife about the vampire for years and she's never believed me. Glasgow's a different place now. The old Dixon Blazes steelworks are long gone, but just maybe. 
In a darkened crypt in the southern necropolis, something awful with rusty iron teeth flies in wait.